You are now experiencing the roller coaster known as country music. Sit back, relax, keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times, fasten your seat belts, and be sure to tip your waiters and waitresses. Now, without further ado, your guides, Ryan and Jordan. This is the Country Music Critic. What about that Jamie Jones? Yeah, I was pretty proud of him, actually. Me too. You know, because it wasn't too much, but it was just enough. And, like, the DJs, one of them is like, I'm just fucking happy he mentioned my name. And the other one's like, that's not cool. Yeah. But if you guys haven't seen the video, go see it on our Facebook page. Six he, seconds in, he drops the F-bomb. Yeah. Talking yeah. about you. Oh, well. <laughs> I, got, I got a, you know, I'm kind of hyped up over Jamie. But basically. Well, I mean, honestly, if you look at his show, that's probably about the most hype you're going to get. I will tell you. <laughs> I've been, I've seen him twice. Yeah, you've talked about it. He literally almost puts me to sleep. I mean, I love the guy. Yeah. I love him to death. He's got a great voice. He does not even tell the band what the set list is. Uh-huh. He just walks up, starts playing, and they have to hit it. He has never made a set list. I mean, he's a he's a big dude. He can probably yeah, decide what he wants to do on his own. I'm just <laughs> glad somebody's carrying that little torch. But, you know, it does make sense. I mean, yeah. but I think he done it. For that reason. I mean, I, like, I, I don't think he said, I'm going to try to go viral. No. I just think he just wanted to say it because it was just on his mind at the right time. I don't think that's something he's ever even thought. <laughs> I'm going to try to go viral. Ne- never, never no. crosses his mind. You can just look at him and tell he's a, he's a simple, he's a simple man. Another video that I want to talk about. I know we've talked about this guy on the show before, but he is just an unreal talent, and it completely blows my mind that he does not have a record deal, and that is Mr. Mitch Rosell. Did you see what he did last night on his Instagram? Did you yeah, watch it? I did. The, the little clip you sent me. So he had Luke Bryant, Vince Gill, and two other songwriters that are pretty big guys, but I can't remember their name. Mm-hmm. They were singing a classic Eagles song. Yep. And how fitting with Vince just coming off of the Eagles tour. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean. Anytime you can get on stage with a legend like Vince Gill. I mean, yeah, been, I mean, who cares? I mean, yeah, he's been touring with Garth, so, I mean, he's, he's yeah. kind of, he played with some of the biggest names ever. Like, and, I mean, Luke, I love his story. Luke Bryant. I love his story. I'm not a massive fan, but I am of his story. So anytime that an artist can get on stage like that, I just don't know why Mitch Rosell does not have a record deal. How are you able to write multiple number one songs for Garth Brooks? Yeah. Garth, take you on the stadium tour, not on an arena tour, a stadium tour, and he's not signed. I have no idea. Doesn't know. make any sense. I wonder if it's sense. paperwork, like he's not going to agree to certain terms Maybe. because a lot of Nashville record deals are pretty shitty. Yeah, yeah, they kind of tie your hands and they kind of force you to to feed them. Yeah. Did you see uh, the the Morgan Wallen this last weekend where he did some like Nirvana covers or something? I don't know. I can't even remember the name of the band, but. The crowd seen, went crazy. I seen where he was in Atlanta, and he pulled up a rapper on mm-hmm. the stage, and the guy is just 
crazy out of control with fame right now. He is an overdose of, of it. I mean, not just country either. He's like one of the biggest, yeah, musical stars. He is so close to an Elvis status. Uh, let's. Cool I mean, not jets. not not talent wise. I'm talking. No, I'm talking about fame. He's not there yet. He's. I know, but he's on the right track. There's about three fourths of the United States that have no idea who he is. Right. Right. And. That wasn't like that for Elvis. I'm just saying he may be on that same road. I mean, he could be, but I don't. I mean, it's I, a little early on. It, I don't think nobody will compare to Elvis, no matter what. No, I don't think so. By the way, I watched the movie. Have you? Mm-mm. Oh my gosh, we should have watched the movie before we did the episode. Really? It brought it in a whole new perspective. Yeah. The manager that you was talking about was a true shark. Yeah. That's but at the <laughs> but in the end, he's like, it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. the main attraction of my circus. At all, it's, that's what they who always say. literally robbed him. Oh yeah, of half of what he truly was worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you think about it. Think about Randy Travis. His ex-wife did the same thing to him, and yeah. I'm sure Hank Williams' ex-wife kind of did the same thing. She, yeah, she held him back, but yeah, it's kind of a trend. It seems like it. I would have probably fell in that trend. Like, yeah, if I would have got famous, mm-hmm. I would have probably fell in that trend. I can see that. <laughs> All right, folks. <laughs> so this episode is dedicated to the one and only Mr. John Anderson. Yep. John Anderson and I have something in common. What's that? We've spent significant time in Monroe County, Kentucky. Has he? He definitely has. He bought the uh, sauce recipe from Francis's Barbecue in Tompkinsville. Did he really? And uh, he marketed it. He sold it for years. I think he still does. I'm not positive. I've not seen it on his shelf in a while. But Do you remember when he used to do the Ben and Elmer tractor commercials? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He he, he kind of had a few stop-ins here. He also did the Houchins Industry, which is kind of mm-hmm. like a big grocery store in this area. He did their, like... Uh, Houchins owns a lot. They own Fruit of the Loom. Yeah, he they did own, their picnic. They own Russell Athletics. Times. They own gas stations, grocery If you see a Save-A-Lot, it's owned by them. A lot of people don't really know who Houchins is. It's a local thing to us, but it's nationwide. Yeah. So, so this episode is not a biography. It is just a review over his album that was recently released, Something Borrowed, Something New, a tribute. To John Anderson. Now, I'm going to tell you, he spent a lot of time hanging out with John Rich, and I'm surprised his name is not on here. Yeah. Because John uh, Anderson is also a member of the Music Mafia, which is kind mm-hmm. of an underground thing with Big and Rich. But I know the first time I heard about this album coming out, it I was, I was extremely worried. I was like, oh, no. Are they I thought something Justice. Happened. I thought something happened to John Anderson because usually this, uh, yeah. all this doesn't happen until they die. Yeah. But no, he's, I mean, he's good. He's yeah. alive and kicking. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I have only heard two of these. One of these songs I've played probably 25 times. <laughs> the <laughs> other one I only one? heard twice. Yeah. So, let's just dive right in, folks. Mm. Do you have anything else that you want to say before mm. we get started? I've listened to all of them. So, track number one. 
1959, and John Prine covered this. Now, before I play it, I wonder how they pulled this off. Did, were they I'm planning sure this years ago? I'm sure he had this in the, in the lexicon. Oh, you think so? Back. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he you know, probably performed it out. But, uh, yeah, uh, I love John Prine. Yeah. All right, here we go. John Prine's 1959. Cigarettes were forward in Bobby stocks and jeans were in Elvis sang the song that we loved so The most important thing to us Was putting gas in my old truck So I could take us to the driving show Graduation finally came Uncle Sam called me away You married someone else While I was gone I kept your letters all these years And I can't help but shed a tear When I read the words you wrote me years ago Baby, I'm yours I'll love you always I'm gonna stand by you So, what's your thoughts? I love John Prine, but I do not like this version. I don't... I'm kind of like you, and most of the time John can take a song and make it his own. Yeah, I mean, well, let's be honest with ourselves and with everybody out there. John Prine... Uh, vocally is not the strongest performer. Anyway. No, no, he's got his own sound, and his, his own, own style. Yeah, and I appreciate it. I love it. I respect it. Um, and then I mean, this song, uh, uh, John Anderson's version is. I haven't heard John Anderson's version of this. It's about as good as you could get of this because this really? is not a very exciting song, and I think that's why John Prime picked it because it kind of fits his you know, mold. But I mean. At this point, when he recorded this, I don't think he had a whole lot of years left. You know, like he just died this past yeah. year, so it's kind of—I don't know. I mean, I wanted it to be great, and it wasn't. I mean, it's not awful, no, but it's not my favorite. No, no, me either. Yeah. Track number two is "Years," and I'm gonna let you say who that's performed by. Just because I get words like that wrong. On the album, Years is performed by Sierra uh, Farrell. Here we go right now. Up and down, there are no 
I'm a I'm a fan of this version. You know, I forgot that he sung that song. Yeah. And that that's an older song. It is. It's very old. But she's got a beautiful voice. She does it justice, I think. I like John Anderson's version, but if you're gonna cover a song, you gotta make sure you connect with the melody and it kind of your own style. This fits her so well because she's not a you know, traditional country singer. She kind of molded it to fit what she does. So she's more like an indie. I've never heard her at all. Yep, she's got a great voice. But, you know, I'm happy that there's a fiddle in it. Yeah. And, like I said, I mean, she kind of made it her own. Had I not heard John's version of it before, mm-hmm. I would have thought, oh, this is a new artist with a pretty <laughs> right. decent song. Right. You know? Yeah, I liked it. I liked that version. So, our next song is Wild and Blue. And it's performed by Mr. Brent Cobb. We're not sure if that is the same one you are probably familiar with. Yeah, which is the big producer. Yeah, but it could be. I'm not. I'm not positive on that. If it is, he produced some of Sturgill's, some of Chris Stapleton's. He's a big dude, and some of the photos. I'm not sure. If somebody could let us know, that would be awesome. Here is Wild and Blue. If you know you ain't home, why do you keep calling? You're gonna drive yourself crazy, and you know that it's true. Just making you wild and blue, wild and blue. It's no wonder. Look at the things that you do. They can just take you up beyond. We think this reminds us me like just watching the little video that they put out for it. Like this was probably big in the early eighties. Yeah. Just his style, you know. I mean he sounds like it's yeah naturally his song. He does. He makes it his own and I I like the version of it. The John Anderson version I think is better. But I don't know if I've heard John's version of this. I listened to you know, this entire album when it first came out. And uh, a couple times, like, since then, just, like, to, you know, <clears throat> refresh it in my memory. But I went back, because I couldn't remember him singing a lot of these songs. So I went back and I listened. And, man, his voice is so unique. Oh, yeah. Like, it is so hard. Some of these songs, once you hear him sing it, you can't hear anybody else do it. Because you don't feel like it holds a candle to him. I but, just want to know why swinging was not put on the I was song. gonna ask the same thing yeah. I, I was like why didn't they I mean they, because that would have been a really good one yeah. for John Rich to do because I'm telling you what I've yeah. seen John do it and I there's footage on YouTube of me standing front row in a bar that only had about 25 <laughs> people there. And I'm like, belting it out. (laughs) Trevor filmed it. I will send it to you. And John Rich is standing on stage with a rhinestone guitar singing, swinging. Cool. Very cool moment. I mean, why didn't he call you to get on the album? I don't know. 
Because I would have done it. Oh, yeah. I'm I mean, it could sure. be because I changed my phone number. Oh, you can't do that in the industry. I know. You know? But they seem to do it all the time, honestly. Yeah, probably. I'll let you introduce <laughs> this next one since you kind of have a little tiny connection. Yeah, I've seen this, this man perform in Austin, Texas with his band, The Night Sweats. Nathaniel Ratliff with Low Dog Blues. This song kind of sounds like it should be like in a movie. It does. It really does. Like an old like a, you know, movie set in like the 60s or 70s. Yeah, yeah. An I mean, old the, hotel room or something. This is nothing that I would probably buy. No, I wouldn't either. Or crank up, but. This sounds kind of you know, familiar to you know his catalog. His catalog has got, I mean, as far as the music goes and like the rhythm of the song. It's kind of his style. Nathaniel or John? Nathaniel. Okay. Because um, he kind of, it's you know, basically the same song, but he just kind of made it something that's you know, more familiar to him. He made it his own. So what's and, he considered, Nathaniel? Like rock, blues, what? Um, Kind of blues, rock. Sound, he Honestly, he reminds me of like an old southern rock band from like, 60s or 70s. It's yep. just his style. Like, if you close your eyes, the song almost sounds like it should be in that movie, Blow. Yeah, Blow or... Uh, With them, yeah, them Fear keyboards. in Las Vegas. I tell you somebody else who plays music just like this. Shooter Jennings. Yeah. Yeah. His music is really close to this sound. Mm-hmm. I it's like a, it. it. It's his own style. I mean, as far as Nathaniel Ratliff goes, this is not one of my favorite songs that he does. But if you listen to the original version, I'll have to give it to John Anderson if you were, you know, putting them against each other. But, I mean, Nathaniel did a yeah, pretty good job with it. The next one that we have is Mississippi Mud. and Happens. it's Moon. Mississippi Moon. Mississippi Moon. <laughs> You're hungry. You're thinking about the Missy Mud, <coughs> Mississippi know, right? Mud Pies. <laughs> Mississippi Moon, and this is by Eric Church. Now, once an episode, Eric I've Church not heard on. this, and Eric's been on a few tribute albums. And before I even listened to it, I did hear Eric redo Curtis Love. I don't know if you've heard that version of it. I blew it up so much that I hated it at the end. Like I don't want to hear it no more. But He's got some really unique names on this album. When you say unique, what do you mean? Like, I really wouldn't picture Eric stepping up to do this. I wouldn't picture Luke Combs stepping up to do it. I could see Ashley McBride doing it, and I could see the people that we've listened to so far. But 
we're we're not that deep. We're at what four or five. This is five. All right, here we are with Eric Church's Mississippi mud. Moon. Mississippi moon. Why do I keep saying mud? <laughs> Thinking about mud. Here we go. It's a late night show on the radio going down the road with the wolf man lighting bugs all around moonlight shining down on a little sleepy town down in a flatland Okay, I remember John's version of this now. So what do you think? Well, here's the thing, like, I like it because when Eric sings, it reminds me of the first album, when he actually sings about stuff that I can understand. Uh, so I'm excited for that part of it. But I can see where Eric kind of added a few instruments in there that's probably not in the original version of this song. Yeah. I guess I like it. I wish that I wasn't saying this, but uh, I think it's all right. It's all right. I think it's all right. Like one out of five. It sounds like something he would do because he doesn't really take any huge risks with his voice. This this, song doesn't really require that. It sounds like something you could hear on an album of his, honestly, I think. Or, you know, at least hear him singing it at a show. Yeah. Um, but I think he does all right. He did it justice, I think. He did fine. Yeah. Yeah. And that was everybody knows I'm not a huge Eric Church fan. Eric Church, Mississippi Moon. Get that mud out you. I know, right? <laughs> I'll let you cue up the next one. All right, the sixth song on the album, I Just Came Home to Count the Memories. This song is performed by Jillian Welch and David Rawlings. I've never heard of these two names in my entire life. Jillian Welch has done a lot of you know, kind of you know, indie rock, almost like a, I don't know if you've ever heard of the band, the Magnetic Zeros. No. <laughs> it's kind of kind of similar to what they do but almost like a jam band I saw roses choking in the grass flaking paint in a broken window pane mailbox barely standing by the driveway I could almost read the name Swing set and forgotten toys Little girls and boys played happy games 
This song is sad. I'm like, wow. If you, I mean, if you know some of her past work, you kind of, you'll hear it. She wrote, actually, she produced and uh, performed a couple songs on the movie Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, okay. Um, She's kind of, she does a lot of bluegrass, actually. She does a little, you know, bluegrass folk americana um she's more of a uh, what's the term she does a lot with movies oh okay that's where the money is they say yeah she uh she produces a lot of music for have you seen the movie the ballad of uh buster scruggs no it was a coen brothers movie it was i mean it was pretty good it's a whole bunch of short movies all mixed into one hmm. but uh it was i enjoyed it and it was entertaining it was kind of a musical like a lot of them sang but she's just got that old yeah, tommy kind of sound she does she does but you know so far this is the first song off the album that's made me want to hear his version of it yeah. But this is the most country song I've ever heard. It is so <laughs> heartbreaking. Yeah. You know? There's a lot of sorrow in this song. Wow. Not yeah. a bad tune. Yeah. It's not too bad. It's not very upbeat. So. Next up is one of our favorite artists. Yes. Mr. Tyler Childers playing Shoot Low Sheriff. I have not heard this, and I'm so excited to hear it. I'm not sure if I remember John's version of it. I didn't. I had to go back and listen. Really? And I actually understood the words better when I heard John Anderson's version. Okay. Here we go, folks. Well, you better shoot a little sheriff. You might be crawling, got a big little booze up the soon. Oh, the law. Well, you 
What do you think? I mean, I, I like anything Tyler yeah. does. Um, I think it's because he puts so much emotion into every lyric that he sings. He does. Now, did it have this much bluegrass instrumental on John's version? Not to this extreme, but it's got quite a bit. Yeah. But, I mean, if you think about it, this is something you could hear him you know, singing on one of his albums. Oh, yeah. I mean, this sounds like a Tyler Childers song. Like, if you just, like, heard this and didn't know what it was, you were, that's yeah. another Tyler song. Yeah, you would assume you know? it was. Yeah, it sounds a lot like him. Yeah. And actually, he performed this at, uh, you know, at the Grand Ole Opry with John. Yes, and the couple right before this, they were there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Not a bad tune. I was happy to see Tyler was on it. Now, I love Tyler Childers. Love him. Always will. Yeah. Always have, ever since I first heard him. But I got to give it to John Anderson. I think his version is a little better. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. It is. Of course, I mean, I he's got the benefit of being the original one, but I didn't either. I had to go back and listen, like I said, but it was, uh, it just comes out a little more clear. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, this next one kind of bothers me. Well, this is my favorite song John Anderson ever did. And I wonder why he got it. You think because he's the, well, I can't say that. Never mind. I kind of think that, you know, everybody that they, you know, invited to be on the album had their choice. And they chose. Because I know you know, Tyler Childers said when he was asked, he asked for Shoot Low Sheriff. That's Did the really? song he wanted. I think it's because it sounds like something he would do. I think, oh, yeah, I you know, They just listen to the catalog. So, like, you know what? This is what I would do. Do you have any proof that that's what happened? Like, I, they I got to pick for, the song? I don't know for a fact. But that's kind of what I interpreted from what he said. Because this next song, I'm really surprised because I, I don't know what I'm saying. I mean, this is probably one of his biggest songs. It's my favorite song that he yeah. ever did. Folks, this is Luke Combs' version of Seminole Wind.
I don't know. What do you think? I think he did all right. But I do believe that if somebody with a little bit more of a you know, bassy voice should have sang it. See, like, I think he did good on the chorus. It's the voice, the, yeah. the verses that kind of... Yeah, the verses, I think, if he had that, you know, bass, if it was really low, yeah. it would cut into that verse. And yeah. I think it would sound, I think it would sound great. Yeah. Like John Anderson's original version. <laughs> it, it's kind of hard to beat this one. Yeah. I don't care who you are, yeah. if you're not John Anderson. Uh-huh. This is kind of a song, like, I would have rather her, had... Swinging on here versus anybody trying to redo this right, one. Right, right. You know, I don't know who you could have had you know, do Seminole win and then do justice because it would have to be somebody with a pretty deep voice. Um, I mean, yeah, singing voice that it, is. It don't really. I it don't would know. be hard. But I, I remember that song was hot. They should have just, like, let John do one of them yeah. and do that one. I mean, they could have called you for that one. They could have called me for this one. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't have sounded very good at all, but I would have <laughs> tried. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. When this song was big and on the radio all the time, yeah, this was my favorite country song. At of the all time. time. I don't know about of all time, but it was During at that, that time. time. Yeah, right, yeah, for sure right. it was. But I had no idea what he was saying. <laughs> Yeah, no, like I, ne- I never. I the yoga chobly. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea what he was saying. Yeah, like as a child, I remember Seminole Wind. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and like you would belt it to the top of your lungs, uh-huh. you know. <laughs> but like I had no, cl- and I still don't know what the song is about. Do you? Yeah, it's about an area down in uh, Florida. I think like where the you know Seminole Everglades, tribe, yeah. the Everglades, and all yeah. that. But it's just kind of. I think he's how he's. It's got something to do with his, like a people or something, or now, a girl, but. some Something I never did look into. Is John Anderson a writer on any of his music? I have no idea. I don't really? know. We're going to have to do a John Anderson episode. We, yeah, we need to. All right, sure. folks. We've come to that time of the show where it is my absolute favorite cover of the entire album. Yeah. So far, I mean, I haven't heard the other songs. But. If you see like a bunch of interviews where you know, people have talked about the album, there's a consensus that this next song, the night song on the album, is the majority of everybody's favorite. Because this voice, he needs to do another album. Like, I would have been happy if he'd done them all. Yeah, yeah no kidding, I would have too. And the comments even prove that. This video, this cover, has 51,000 views. And it's only been out about two weeks. This is Sturgill Simpson's When It Comes to You.
I could listen to this whole version. I could listen to him sing all the time. Did, have you noticed the magic like the whole fucking music follows him? Like when he stops, they stop. Like when he comes into it, the music comes into it. He makes me feel like I would be confident enough to rob a bank. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of one bad startle song. No, I mean you got some that are kind of oh, that's weird, but it doesn't sound bad. It's just no, different. No, and the thing is about Sturgill, and I really feel like he is nowhere close to the person that people actually think he is. Right. You know, like, yeah. he sings, and everybody else has their own interpretation of what they think that he is. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's really not that type of person. Mm-mm. No. He's also somebody that they say that you don't want to meet your heroes. Like, I would have been nervous, too, even though I did meet him, and he was yeah. cool as fuck. But he wasn't the type of person that I thought he'd be. Not right. in a bad way, right. but just so down to earth. He's kind of like me and you sitting here. Yeah. Well, you know? He's, he's you know, from around here, so he's from Kentucky, so. I he, think he he's so underrated because, like, oh, he should be... He should be more famous than Morgan Wallen. Yeah. I'm just saying. He's got more talent. He honestly does. Yeah. I mean, Morgan has some good songs. Yeah. I'm not saying Morgan. I'm not, I'm not yeah. trying to you know, disparage him at all. But when it comes to country music, this should be the king of country music right now. He's the smartest artist in country music. With the vice president being Tyler. Yeah. Hands He's down. Up there. I don't know if yet Tyler would be the vice but Sturgill, I don't know anybody close you know, to Sturgill. If you listen to his I mean, albums, his albums tie into each other. They are in order of how he wants them to be. They say genius. that we're coming up on the final album, and that would suck. I think it's already been done. I think oh, it's it. I think gosh. he's over, supposedly. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he'll you know, go out and do something else. I think what makes him you know, work on you know, this album so well is his voice is like a crisp, more pristine version of John Anderson. He's got a lot of the same quality. He's got yeah. that deep, and he's got that higher pitched in there as well, kind of mixed in, kind of it's woven in like it's like it's been sewn together, like it's cross-stitched. Yeah, like, like it was. <laughs> vocal cords like, are cross-stitched by the gods. This song <laughs> was wrote years ago for this moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, I mean, John Harrison's version is great, too. I but, haven't heard it, but yeah. I'm going to hear it. It's but, good. like, that song, like I said, it makes you want to get in the car. And any time that you have Sturgill on, I don't know about you, but, like, I get this armor of badassness. <laughs> like, I don't care yeah. what anybody thinks. Yeah, tall and bulletproof. I got Sturgill playing, you know? <laughs> All right, here we are to the next one, which I'm going to go ahead and say, folks, that the title, it kind of gave it away. I mean, you can't judge a book by the cover, and mm-hmm. you got Brother Osborne. Now, when I was queuing up the song, I, automa- I automatically heard the rock and roll guitars, and that's kind of a little bit how they sound. But I have not heard this song. Have you? I have. You have? All right. Well, here we go.
So what do you think? Uh, it's not as good as the original. See, I haven't heard John's version of this either. It's just got a different sound to it. I almost feel like he's you know, putting on too much when he sings this. This guy for you, know, you bro, think so? I, I don't. I don't know if I'm you know right or not, but I just don't feel like it sounds like it's natural. I think he's, yeah, it's kind of like he's, he's trying he's to doing force a, it. He's trying a to church force cover song where everybody's singing along and you're just following the words. I feel like he's trying to sing and make the face that Eric Church makes when he sings. I like see. he smells something. You know, <laughs> speaking of that, you know, when people try to interpretate other people, yeah. I, there's a new TikTok trend going around where these guys are like standing in front of the camera. They're kicking, they're pumping, they're just acting goofy, and they're like, man, Morgan Wallen just really gets into his music. And I'm like, were you guys not around for the Eric Church days, the mm-hmm. early days when he would beat his chest and just act a fool you know but see i watch like some stuff on tiktok i don't see the stuff from morgan wallen and all that like you, you do yeah mm-hmm. i follow it I just don't. just because you know out right. of curiosity it just doesn't funny. pop up for me yeah all right so the next song is by dale mccory did i say that right dale mccory and now, featuring you, sierra you Hall. know who dale is right he had a lot of cl- classic country songs. Really good stuff. Did he write them? I think so. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think he is the first guy that had Baby's Got a Blue Jeans on. I don't know. Maybe. I, I, on the I, I don't Traffic know. We can look it up while we listen to the first verse yeah. and the chorus. This song right here actually got a really cool story about this song. So I was about 10 years old. And there was a place in Glasgow called Backstage Music. Do you remember hearing about that place? I do. <laughs> so the headhunters hung out there with a guy named Kenny Weber, and my stepdad was friends with the owner. And I had went in there, and I heard a guy by the name of Eric Albany sing this song right here. And I thought it was a great country song. So I went home, and I learned to play it, and I went back to middle school at the time. Well, I wasn't. I was middle schoolish, so I wasn't about 10. But I played it for a girl, and she thought that I was about to sing uh, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. And I was like, no, it's Would You Catch a Fallen Star? And here is the cover. Well, 
after we looked it up, I kind of feel like I'm not the country music critic because that was Mel McDaniels. Yeah. For some reason, I Samsonite, seen that too. I was way off. Yeah, <laughs> I was very far off. Yeah. Anyways, I, I, I mean, it's okay, but he won a bunch of albums it. in the Bluegrass Awards back in the nineties. But that's I where I've seen not, the name. I cannot stand this version. Yeah. Like, it is this the worst awful. one? Even compared to number one? Yeah. So awful. this is the top of the list. I mean, for, for me, at least, I, this is the worst one. Now, song or cover? Cover. Okay, good. Because it's a good John Anderson song. Could yeah. You, would oh, you yeah. catch a falling star? Which, if people listen to it, it's about a guy who was on his way up, and then yeah. it didn't work out quite right. Right. So, Which happens a lot. It does in the country music industry. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. our next one. All right. So I've heard this one, and here's my thoughts. I'm going to go ahead and get it out of the way. I feel like this song is just, like, scattered all over the floor. And I love this artist with all my heart, and I'm a forever fan. But I feel like whoever arranged this was just throwing stuff at the wall to see if it would stick. What's your thoughts? Or do you have any before we play? I think she sounds good on it. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the arrangement. Let's play it. All right. Here we go. This is Ashley McBride, Straight Tequila Night. here a lot she just loves to hear the music and dance k13 is her favorite song if you play it you might have a chance tonight she's only sipping white wine she's friendly and fun loving most of the time I love how they reference the jukebox number if you play yeah. K-13. Yeah. That's kind of like, even back then, they were they were hinting the little stuff, like on Jason Aldean's Blue Hole Road, where they started naming kickers in the back and started name-dropping stuff. Yeah. That's very clever. Yeah. Hey, if you play K- but like K-13. It, like, you got a young person listening to this song now, they're like, What's is, there K-13? A, is there a song called K-13? Yeah, it was K-13. <laughs> Can I get a K-13? Yeah. You know, like it's a drink or something? Yeah, like... And, and we're stuck in that generation. It almost sounds like a game. It you got, does. You got MS-13. I mean, that's... that's <laughs> yes. But, but now, I mean, anything that actually sings, she's kind of... She's almost in that same theory as Sturgill. She kind of makes it gold. Yeah, she's just got a great voice. And she's a great entertainer. I don't... I don't really see what you were saying. I don't. I don't think it was that bad. 
it's just scattered. It's, a, it's a lot of speeding up, slowing down, speeding up, slowing I can, down. Yeah, I see I that. Mean, I wish they would have kept it That's the same. That was kind of the original version, though. It was kind of like that, too, though. To an extent, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm not a jumping up, down right. fan of it. Right. But it's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's just not my favorite. Yeah. yeah that is Ashley McBride's Straight Tequila Night. All right, here we are with the Mr. Badass of the week. Yeah. Jamie Johnson's I'm Just an Old Chunk of Clay, But I'm Going to Be a Diamond Someday. Did I screw that up, too? There's no clay in it. I'm just an old Old chunk chunk of coal. coal. My bad. (laughs) What's up with the mud references? Mold clay? Yeah, you're all about the the elements. I don't know, man. I just got mud on my mind, I guess. That's a good movie, by the way. But have you seen it? Yeah. Pretty good. I'm All just right. an old chunk of coal, but I'm going to be a diamond someday. One of the longest <laughs> titles. <laughs> I wonder how he wrote that on the set list. He's like, well, if I just say if I'm, I'm just an old chunk of coal. Or, oh, I would boy. say he probably just puts chunk of coal on the set list. Here we go. I love this version. It, 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 it puts you in that groove of like men who dance when they've been drinking. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, man, it's I got really this courage. Here I go. That's so you know? yeah. yeah, I love I mean, it. I it's not bad. I, I'm a fan of this version. It's one of my favorite you know, versions on the album. Really? Yeah. Like, where would you put it in the top three? Um, let me list. I mean, He makes me believe it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I would say it's top three. For sure. It's really good. It hey. just sounds like him, you know? Yeah, he made it his own. And he's got a great voice. He just does he's not real energetic. No. But that's that's him. If he was energetic, it wouldn't it wouldn't he wouldn't be Jamie Johnson. That's right. He would be James Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, folks, so this is our review of it. I'm going to go ahead and give you my top three. Okay. Number one is, of course, When It Comes to You by Sturgill. Yeah. Number two is probably going to be I'm Just an Old Chunk of Coal. Mm Mm-hmm. Number three. Man. I'm probably going to have to go with Mississippi Moon. 
That's my three. You sure you don't want to say mud? No. I've got that all <laughs> So you got to have Eric Church in your top three. I'm just saying. I mean, I, I like it. I mean, Sturgill, he killed it. Jamie Johnson killed it. Yeah, Tyler Childers killed his version. I actually killed it. Ashley did great. But um, I'm going to say for what it was, Years by Sierra Farrell. That is a good one. I think that's my favorite one just because of the way her you know, voice is on it. So you're putting that as number one? I am. Okay. I love the Sturgill version, but I'm not crazy about the song. And because you put him first, I didn't want to put him first. Um, I put him second. I put Jamie Johnson third, Tyler Childers fourth, Eric Church fifth. Or who's the worst song? What's the worst song in your opinion? You know mine. You know, would you catch a falling star? Is my, in my opinion, the worst one. It would have to be between that and you can't judge a book. And I mean, the third worst would be the John Prine, and I'm I'm the biggest. Yeah. I'm the biggest John Prine fan of all, but I just wish he wouldn't have done that. Right. Yeah. You know. And I do want to know why swinging wasn't considered. Yeah. I would love to talk to the producer about that. Right. You know. <laughs> we demand answers, <laughs> asshole. Yeah, I mean, or they could have done like a closing song right. that had everyone singing it. Or like the a 14, hidden track. Yeah, of swinging. <laughs> like, right, who would have done? Everybody. All right, I have a question. Of all the songs on here, is there a song that you wish was done by a different artist? Is there an artist that's not you know, represented on here that you think would have killed one of the songs? Oh, yeah, John Anderson. Or well, John. John, it's, it's besides John Rich. I mean, oh, well, okay. John Rich. <laughs> These are good songs. Well, yeah, I mean, he would have done Seminole Wind better than oh, yeah, Luke sure. Combs. <laughs> Crack me up. Well, yeah, John Anderson. <laughs> My brain's so meant to say John Ranch. That's fantastic. Uh, cool. I just wish you know somebody you, else had done Seminole Win. Like who? I don't know. If you could have been Jamie a Johnson, let Jamie Johnson do anyone. it. Anyone? Yeah. I don't know if Jamie could have got that upbeat though in the but chorus. If you think about it, it's really not that. Home blow, Seminole wind. Well, he could have done that. He could have done that. He did it in color. He could do that. Yeah, I guess. That's kind of similar. Yeah. This is the chorus version. So where do you rate the whole album? One to five. Uh, I'm going to give it a four because I think the majority of it's pretty good. I'm right there with you. It wasn't as bad as I thought. When I seen names that I'd never heard, <laughs> yeah. I was like, how are these people representing country music? But That's one of the weird things. They did things. really good. I probably knew more of, the, more of the artists than you did. To an extent, <laughs> yes. Now, I will say the song that I was most shocked that was pretty decent was Years. Yeah. I really didn't think that that was going to sound as good. Yeah. And also, um, the song, I Just Came Home to Count the Memories. Yeah. It was sadder than I expected. Yeah. And it wasn't as bad as I expected. Right. That's kind of her so, style. Yeah. It was good. I yeah. I suggest people go out and buy it. I would buy it. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah, support John Anderson. He's he's wanting to retire, I think. He is a living legend. He is. He's And he's got a good taste in barbecue sauce. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all that I got. That's all we got, folks. Uh, thanks for joining us. Remember to like, follow, rate, review, and tell your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, and your enemies. We appreciate it. And we'll see you soon. Hasta mañana. This here podcast was prepared and accomplished by the Country Music Critic. The views and opinions expressed on the Country Music Critic are not necessarily those of the guests, sponsors, or anyone associated with the production of this here podcast. The Country Music Critic releases itself from all misrepresentation. Any information shared on this podcast was researched and obtained using the World Wide Web, a.k.a. the interweb. Comments made on the Country Music Critic are meant to be informative, comical, or just plain silly, and not meant to defame, asperse, calumniate, slander, traduce, vilify, or be malign in any way. Why do you boys consistently make me say all them tough words? Don't like it. Thanks for joining us on the Country Music Critic, and we'll catch y'all next time.